We have come together to meditate, yes. But why? What do we wish to achieve through meditation? And how is it achieved? highest goal that is said and purpose of meditation is liberation the supreme liberation we need to know what that means it's liberation from the ego yes liberation from the false self and particularly from the lowest level of the ego that we and to call the imaginary level of the ego or the tamasic level of the ego because that's the immediate cause of all of our suffering <coughs> because the ego lives in a mirage a world of mirages and those mirages always cause suffering because what you hope is there in front of you turns out not to be the water you're looking for turns out to be hot sand in a desert the food you're looking for turns out to be wax the mirages create suffering because they create false expectations and delusions and embedded in them is fear because the ego is alienated from its true nature and its true nature the true nature of your being is of course one with all that is and therefore there is no fear and no desire because you already are and have everything you need within and no need to project any mirages because there's no lack there's no emptiness of the negative kind of the I am less than or I am missing something I need kind of illusion. <clears throat> the interesting thing is that Sri Ramana says meditation won't lead to liberation. Isn't that interesting? Why are we doing this then? But here we have to recognize that as Lacan says the signifier slides over the signified. And the way that the word meditation was used in the context that Ramana was speaking was a meditation on an object. It could either be a physical object or a subtle object or even a sensory perception. And this is the basic kind of meditation that's used in bhakti or vipassana meditation or other kinds of meditation that involve either visualizations or concentration on body feelings, sensations, etc. And the problem with any of those approaches, Ramana says, is that they don't touch the underlying structure of your ego. So you can go through a 10-day Vipassana retreat and you may get some benefit out of it, but you'll come out of it with the same ego, same structure because you have not consciously deconstructed that ego your capacity for attention may be improved your ability to uh, maintain a position 
even when you want to scratch and you have the willpower not to. Uh, many kinds of benefits come, and Ramana never put down those benefits. But what he said was the only direct way of achieving liberation is through Atma Vichara. Atma Vichara means to realize who you are beyond the ego, beyond the mind. And so you cannot use the mind for that purpose. And you cannot assume the ego is the one who is meditating. That assumption has to be deconstructed. The meditation is an experience of pure awareness. That awareness contains the body. It's not that the body contains awareness. And so it's this shift that enables one to be free. To be free of what? to be free of the ego's insecurities. As one of our students who uh, went to a recent meditation retreat said, he experienced what the Tikos call mamitis. Okay? <laughs> Mamitis, yeah, in the anglicized version. I use a term similar to that in one of my essays, essays called mamagami. Right? And our unconscious were married to the mother. And so, yes, you can, you can turn the mother into any object. It can be a cookie that you're dying to eat during the meditation. Or it can be uh, whatever it is, whether it's in the realm of food or it's in the realm of some kind of experience of a sensory kind or even a book or, or whatever object it is. But ultimately, the meditation itself can become the object. And that's always very dangerous and very subtle. And one can, can get a stronger ego based on, wow, I did this meditation, I'm very powerful, I've gained this, I'm very spiritual, etc. <coughs> Chogyam Trungpa called this spiritual materialism. So we mustn't base our ego on a spiritual attainment in meditation itself, because then that is completely counterproductive of what we want to achieve through the meditation. We want to dissolve the ego not build a greater sense of egoic mastery based on the act of having meditated. But the ego is always looking for things to build up its self-esteem, its sense of empowerment in the world, without realizing that this is actually working against its true empowerment. That only comes from dissolving the need to have a mask, an attainment, even a style. If you think about it, all egos are obsessed with their style. They want to appear in a certain way. And they're always looking for the right kind of dress or the right way of walking or the right way of speaking in the most hip lingo. That's totally not hip lingo anymore, I know, but that's the kind of... Uh, the words that will make it clear that you're avant-garde, that you're right on the cutting edge. All of those things create a self-image. And then we work to support that self-image. And that self-image is the very thing that veils the real self from us. And so when Ramana says the Atma-vichara is the way, he's saying you must ask the question, but not mentally, of whose mind is this that's chattering in the meditation and trying to feel cool and 
have positive memories and a sense of strength or a sense of uh, attainment of some spiritual kind or a philosophical understanding of reality or quantum physics or whatever way the mind is trying to impress itself. Whose mind is it? And when you get to that which is beyond the mind, and you, can, you can't do that through words, you can't do that through asking the question, who am I, over and over again, that will just become a mantra that still ties you into the mind. It's getting beyond the mind to the state of pure presence. And in that state of pure presence, there is no longer subject-object duality. That's the liberation that has to happen. Where there is no other you're talking to in your mind, whether it's your mother or someone else, it doesn't matter. There is no desire to be desired, to be approved of, or to get revenge, or to dominate someone or to get your security from someone, or to hoard something, whether it's money or other kinds of objects, or to try to have sexual contact to feel whole because you're lacking and you want to project onto someone else that if only you possess them in a physical way, you, you will be rescued from your loneliness in life, etc. All of those fantasies, and we all know that they're fantasies, end up keeping the ego more alienated from itself and less empowered. And so when we're aware of these agendas that are there, it is that, it is those agendas of the imaginary ego that must be dissolved, renounced. And it can only be done through the wisdom of realizing that it is a mirage, it is a dead end. These agendas will never bring you what you're looking for. And it is only when you recognize that what you are is not the bodily being that is perishable and living in a cold, cruel world and in danger and therefore needs to hoard and collect and possess and dominate and all of those agendas, but that you are one with the source of all that is, that you are eternal, that you're not a physical, localizable object in the world. And therefore, there can be a sense of safety that will not be threatened and cannot be stolen from. And then there will be no fear of judgment and no fear of the other exploiting, manipulating, dominating, whatever other paranoid fantasies that cause you to create defense mechanisms to separate you from the other that then close the heart and disable the capacity to love and the capacity to feel the oneness with all that is. And so it is this act of taking apart the defenses and the attack mode and the agendas and seeing what is behind it all, including what is behind the manas, the mind itself. Not through a symbolic analysis, but through a leap backward into the source into the awareness itself and immediately when you answer the question who am I that is behind the mind there will be a state of peace it might be momentary but there will be peace and there will be a sense of energy that is beautiful energy it's divine energy it's love 
and it is there within you and it wants to emerge and when you allow that to happen you will find that you're free of the neediness and the aggressiveness and the defensiveness and that when you can stay with that long enough you won't want to go back and put the ego back on at the end of the meditation you will have realized that the self you are needs no defenses it needs no style it needs no mask it doesn't need to hide in any veils and it doesn't need to have anyone giving it a projection of its worthiness from outside and it's that that gives us independence and an ability to live truthfully authentically a life that comes from our true self and that can relate to others in a truthful way without fear and without manipulation and this is what enables life to then blossom and flourish in a completely new octave that the ego can never reach so tonight let's liberate ourselves from the ego from the body image from the personality image from the style from all the things you've identified with desired feared held on to in any way and feel what it's like to simply be pure divine presence okay that's me